to start off with something a little unusual today, uh, Devin. So <laughs> there's a story. So apparently uh, this woman decided that she wanted to go through the airport customs, whatever, uh, and she was hiding 1,500 grams of cocaine in her belly uh, in it with a plastic covering to make it look like she was pregnant, right? <laughs> I got to say, that's pretty creative. I, I'm really actually very impressed with that. Um, and I think we should let her go just just for that because <laughs> it's just so damn creative, right? I mean, okay, you know, but look, if you just, you know, kind of uh, somehow, what is it, muled the cocaine in some other traditional way, like putting it in, you know, where... Uh, okay, and th then you, you ought to be arrested. But this was pretty creative. Come on, that's like. Uh, anyway, I, 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 it's the the drug cartel problem is a huge problem. We got to deal with that, uh, and and they don't care about it on the border. Uh, they they want they obviously want more cartel uh, drug cartels. They want more sex trafficking. Either the drug cartels have gotten to the White House. Uh, and have, have basically forced him a certain way. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, now that I think about it, right? The Chinese are paying him, I mean, the Biden uh, criminal syndicate, and the Romanians are, and God knows what other countries are paying, probably Ukraine, like we talked about. Uh, so why wouldn't the drug cartels, hey, look, we, we, got a, we got somebody who can be manipulated here. We just throw a lot of money at him, and he'll do our bidding. Well, I mean, if, if there's no such arrangement, he might as well be doing the, their arrangement, right? I mean, then he's not... He's not making the money he ought to be making. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're, you're just giving, you're leaving money on the table, right? Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you're turning a blind eye to the incre incredible immigration disaster. The cartels are benefiting. And why, why, would, why, why wouldn't you go to the cartels and say, look, I've been, uh, I've been giving you a taste, but now it's going to cost you, <laughs> right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. How about that? I, I don't know it for a fact, but look, I mean, it, it's like, I don't know, you murder somebody and then, and then you, you, prof, you know, you profess dramatic innocence with regard to the murder of somebody else. Like, okay, well, dude, we already established you're a murderer. So, yeah. all right, there's, there's a lot to talk about. We're not going to talk about the cocaine in the belly. We're not going to talk about immigration so much, but we are going to be talking about some of the uh, wildly pressing issues. And one of them is this firing of all the people that were working on the Hunter Biden uh, investigation in the IRS. And, and the IRS just fires the entire group of investigators. Uh, and the whistleblower apparently accuses the administration of retaliation. Uh, you, you don't say. Um, and <laughs> there's silence in the mainstream media about this. They're not talking about this at all. Uh, they will talk about it maybe six months from now. I don't know who said it. Uh, said the difference between a, consp a conspiracy and the truth is about six months, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's a brilliant idea. It might be two years in, in the case, or even four years in the case of Hunter Biden. But uh, all this stuff should have been coming out, and it has. It is coming out, but mainstream will not pick it up, uh, nor will uh, Facebook and otherwise. So they'll suppress it. Um, it, it doesn't matter. They, they have lost their sense of justice. They, they have no interest in the truth. We know this is not a surprise. Uh, so that, that's an amazing story in and of itself. And uh, we'll have probing about that soon enough, I think. Absolutely. And this is the thing that really gets me. Okay, like, you know, Mayorkas, obviously, just the way he talks, you can tell he's getting some kind of kickback. But 
the media, Mark Zuckerberg, are they all in on it? Have they just lost their compass of what right and wrong is? Or are they all getting kickbacks? In which case, how are they dividing it? How are they, what it really, like, you got to at some point look yourself in the mirror and saying like, hey, maybe I should start telling the truth just because it's so humiliating to myself to be a liar? Yeah. Well, no, they're not, they're not interested in the truth. I mean, especially when they they see that nobody is uh, calling them out on it, so on their lies, so they can say blazingly inaccurate statements and, and blatant lies, for that matter. I mean, look what happened recently with the teachers' unions on the COVID shutdown, and this is just coming out of my head right now from memory. They they said they were always against the the shutdowns of the schools. Always. You're crazy to say otherwise. What, what, are, what you're talking about? And then you play a video of them saying the, the opposite. And, and then they're surprised that, 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 uh, that video doesn't exist. They just, they just will not acknowledge it. Right. Uh, so anyway, another big story coming out, the Durham report finds that the FBI was indeed biased against Trump and should never have opened up the Russian collusion investigation. But as my good friend, Devin uh, has uh, a point to make about this. Will heads roll? Absolutely not. Right? I mean, this is a, I, I want to take us through a, um, a Jake Tapper description of the breaking news at the time, at least, of the Durham report coming out saying that uh, there was no evidence and it should never have come out. That the investigation had never started. Um, people were too, uh, uh, what is it, gun happy? What's the trigger happy about such things? And so let's, Let's uh, revisit this issue, and and really, it fell below the standards of the FBI. So let's let's take it away. We're going to analyze the way he speaks about this. Let's go ahead and play that clip. John Durham, the special counsel investigating whether there was any misconduct by the FBI in the Trump-Russia investigation, just released his findings. For years, as you may recall, Donald Trump and his supporters and their hopes on the investigation uh, by the former U.S. attorney for Connecticut. Yeah, okay, yes, they did pin their hopes on them because <laughs> that's what the investigation was all about. You sick this this uh, Durham report on it. You wanted an independent investigator. Uh, and then you're surprised that Trump is saying that, that he thinks that this will be great. But they make it look as if somehow Trump was unreasonable to think that a good result might come out of this. I don't, I don't understand uh, these liberals. They're very odd ducks. John Durham, later named special counsel by Attorney General Bill Barr. Trump and his allies arguing that Durham would exonerate him and his 2016 campaign and associates. Yeah, and that's exactly what did happen, right? I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, let's let's take on some more of this because later on he talks about the same thing and he can't seem to he can't seem to admit that maybe something bizarre happened with the FBI and maybe there was a there was a um, a fix in for Trump findings before the 2020 election. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is regardless devastating to the FBI. It yes, it's devastating to the FBI. That is that is true. But it's also devastating to the left. It should be devastating to the whole country. It should raise multiple eyebrows. <laughs> to the extent you have three or four, it should raise all of them. Yes. That's how, but he talks only about the FBI as if, oh, well, this is uh, something that they, uh, it was a misstep on their part. They, they failed to meet their general high standards, but this is about the whole country. It's not about just the FBI. Let's continue. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. What do you mean it, it, to a degree? It, it completely exonerates him. 
to what extent does it not? I mean, if it's you, if you say to a degree it exonerates, then it implies that there's a degree to which it does not exonerate Trump. There was nothing in the Russian collusion narrative. There's zero. So, so to what extent did it not exonerate him? Of course, he's not going to answer that question. Now, at this point, he uh, brings in a guest to uh, from the Justice Department to actually talk a little bit about this. Um, and this is a, this is an interesting segment because uh, this guy now is trying to explain it uh, himself as well, and he can't seem to do so. So here you go. The FBI usually uses. Uh, he goes on to say that the FBI discounted or willfully ignored material information that did not support the narrative of a collusive relationship between Trump and Russia. And okay, so <laughs> that they willfully ignored was that the phrase? I think it was that they willfully. Okay, that's a big deal, right? And they're not going to run with this. It's not just that they willfully ignored it. It's that they ran with information that they sought out and they were giddy about. They, they were getting, they were salivating for anything. And they saw themselves as um, agents of good and doing God's work because they worked for the FBI and they had that kind of power. It's not that they were sloppy. No, no, no. It was because they wanted to get Trump. And Russia. There's a lot of uh, very sharp criticism here of the former FBI leadership, James Comey, Andy McCabe, who were running the FBI and who oversaw a lot of these, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the steps that uh, the, uh, the report goes into, Jake. But as you pointed out, bottom line, there are no additional charges. Nobody is bringing charges against Comey or anybody else. Oh, okay. So since nobody was bringing charges against anybody else, then, then it must be okay. It's just, you know, it's just a misstep. Right. I mean, this is this is the breathtaking part of it. This is the, the, the at no point do they say, could this reflect something greater? Is this something of greater concern to us? Because we saw this in the IRS. We saw this in the Justice Department. We saw this in in, in the way the White House itself is dealing with uh, all sorts of issues in the Hunter Biden issue, for example. Um, and, and never once did they, they stop to think that maybe something far deeper is going on here. The way they, they phrase everything here is that the FBI, well, you know, they just got punked, right, by, by silly people. They, they, they should have known better. That, that's more or less the argument, right? That's, that's the feeling you get. But these were the agents themselves, literally agents themselves, who were trying to advance this narrative. That's the issue. And they don't seem to get it. Now, uh, Jake... Tapper later on in the same interview uh, ends up saying the phrase predisposition and doesn't even realize that he's he's actually revealing exactly what we're pointing out. Quote, sir, about regarding certain personnel intimately involved in the matter, there was a, quote, predisposition to open an investigation into Trump. He, he is basically saying he's, he's not, th these are not criminal allegations, but he's saying that this was unprofessional and failed to meet the standards of the Justice Department and the FBI. Whoa, 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 <laughs> okay? First of all, he said that there was a pre, that the report, and he's quoting the report, fair enough, that there was a predisposition to follow through with this, this baseless attack and basic accusation, a predisposition to want to pursue it. And then he says, he tries to summarize it by saying, well, what he's really saying is, or, you know, in short or whatever, or in summary, uh, that the FBI fell below standards and they could have done better, you know. So, 
you know, what, what a great country we, we live in where we're able to analyze ourselves and hold ourselves to a better standard. You know, that, that's the reason why. It's, it's kind of like your bank teller who, who forgets to give you the proper change because, you know, she didn't count it correctly. And she should have done it twice as the regulations required. She only did it once. And so she ended up giving the wrong change. And we're, we're going to do better. We here at Bank of Whatever, we're going to do better. Okay. And thank you for bringing up this very important issue. For No, you guys were criminals. That's, that's what it is. You were robbing the till, as it were, to complete my metaphor. You, 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 were, you were out for Trump. Exactly. And that's what they need to understand is, and we really need to insist upon is like the, the metaphor I have, and you know more about this than I would, like you rob a bank, okay, like you get whatever sentence you get. If you use a gun, $10 no nego- 10 years, no negotiation on top of that, no matter what, you can't get out of it. Right. If you abuse your power as a governmental official, it should be 10 to 20 years, no negotiation, no judge gets to like lower that sentence, you abuse your power, so whatever you did, you get an additional time for that. And that's the only way we stop this. What that report said was that these people will never be held accountable for their actions. Yeah. Dead, dead on. Exactly right. And, and they're going to be celebrating this. They're going to say, well, you know, it's a, and nobody got, uh, it, it, they're celebrating the fact that nobody was pursued criminally. And therefore, because of that, you know, th- these are the, the foxes that are guarding the, the, the chicken coop. Because no one's pursuing them, then it must not be that bad. Y- you know, th- that's the way it is. Uh, it, now, Trump makes a phone call to the Ukrainian leader at the time, and that is cause for impeachment, a, a telephone call. Right. And, and it has nothing to do with what they're claiming. They, they claim that he was trying to push favors or whatever to, to get, to get uh, Biden or whatever it is, when in fact, Biden was in fact doing all these things, first of all. And then secondly, uh, this is nothing, what, what he had done. Um, I, very bizarre. Okay. Obviously, there's, there's two standards. Um, I, I think this Durham report, yes, look, it's, it's very significant. Uh, it shows that there is nothing there. Uh, I remember talking to a lot of my liberal friends who insisted, well, the report, the, the uh, investigation, the Mueller investigation um, did not exonerate Trump as if that's the standard, right? I mean, no trial that I ever have conducted have I asked for exoneration of my client to show that he did not commit the fraud. He did not breach his contract. He did not engage in negligence. I don't need to do that. It, it's the burden of proof of the other side to show that there was fraud, a breach of contract or negligence. Exactly. And like just to call back to something, I think it was last week we talked about the E.G. Carroll trial. He said this woman is crazy and if she's crazy to accuse me of that horrible thing she accused him of. And she gets five million dollars and he denies it. So how many five million dollar things is Trump do for the constant barrage of people in the media everywhere accusing him of treason. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, look, the defamation against him you're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it is a different standard. It's a, he's a public figure and such. But, yeah, he can go after them all. He's not doing it. He could easily do that. He could, he could do like uh, what Dominion and, and all the other uh, lawsuits that are going on for defamation. He ha- he's certainly within his rights to do so, but he's not doing it. So, interesting. Um so more uh, crazy stuff is going on. Another one is um, 
what is happening with the immigrants from the border crisis. This is from Town Hall. As President Joe Biden's border crisis continues to rage, Democrats in states and cities across the country are grappling with how to handle an unprecedented influx of illegal immigration into their communities. In New York City, Mayor Eric Adams has been complaining about the arrival of 500 illegal immigrants per day and is taking drastic measures to make room where he says there is none. Now, <laughs> Mayor Adams is lamenting the laws that he had made, that uh, that were had been made in his jurisdiction, um, which made it a sanctuary city and asking the court to halt that policy. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we, we, we were just paying lip service <laughs> to illegal immigration. We didn't actually want to live with illegal immigrants. I mean, I think you got, I think you misunderstood us. We, we want you to love us as a sanctuary city and, and pay homage to us and think really well of us. But actually sending people for the purpose of having a sanctuary? Oh, I, I think there was a misunderstanding here, my friends. Exactly. And this again shows exactly the liberal versus everyone else mentality. Texas is getting what, 10, 100,000 people a day, but New York City gets 500. And suddenly that's the end of the world because they need to judge and be better than Texas. Well, and Texas needs to be happier that they get all that illegal immigration that New York can't even handle a fraction of. Yeah. They're also trying to uh, put all these housing migrants in schools. Oh. Okay, so, like, I don't get that. I mean, first of all, you don't know who these people are. I'm sure a lot of them are very nice people, but you haven't vetted them all. And some of them may be pedophiles or rapists or whatever. Okay, I'm not saying all of them, right? Like, you always love to say, are you saying all Mexicans? are Okay, no, I'm saying that some of them may be bad guys. Okay, and even one of them. If, some, if you suddenly had one pedophile staying in the school with young kids, what, I, I mean, as a parent, I would go nuts. Thankfully, we're not dealing with that in, in my kid's school. But, I mean, I, I'm pretty outraged for their sake. Uh, and they have no compunction about this. I mean, they, they, look, put them in libraries. Nobody goes to libraries anymore, right? Why? There you go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying you should put them in libraries either. But warehouses? Uh, I don't know docks, harbors. I mean, there's got to be plenty of room there, right? Uh, airport hangars, <laughs> somewhere, but not schools. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? Uh, these strange people. Um, okay, so more uh, crazy stuff that talk about. There's always something to talk about that's crazy because that's the great thing about podcasting these days is that there's never a shortage of what to talk about because it's so crazy. You just, you have to, you have to figure out the craziness to get the kernels out of the crazy. Try to try to figure some sort of logic out of this is is the real daunting exercise. All right, so here's another one. So Newsom apparently, the, the governor Newsom for California, apparently is not going to be taking the recommendations of the reparations panel. Mm. Like, why would you do that? I mean, you're the one who created this reparations panel, uh, seeking recommendations from them, right? And then you're saying, ah, you know, thanks, but I'm not going to take up your your advice. Like, really? The, what was that all about? Right. So, the, so they they create this panel, and then they start making huge demands. We talked about this last week, where instead of I think they wanted 1.2 or 2.1 million dollars per black person, and there's one guy who happened to be black, it was outraged, outraged. It should be 200 million, 200 million rather. 
uh, instead of this measly 2.1 million per person. I mean, that's, that's the, <laughs> uh, so I think Newsom began to see, okay, well, this is not going to be workable. Even if it was only 10,000 a person, it would be insane. But uh, it just, it wasn't. And, and now he's let that genie out of the bottle. Like, oh, we're going to consider reparations. We're going to talk about it a lot. And everyone will think of us as a nice guy. And now we're going to pull the plug on that. Like, what do they think is going to happen as a result of that? Is that, I mean, somebody who really had the, their, their heart set on reparations, like, oh, I got all my, my debts are, are, are cleared now. And not only that, but I can get my Porsche that I want. I, I can buy, I can, I can pay off the drug cartel. I, would, I don't know. I mean, all the crazy things that they, they hope to do. Uh, and now it's all dashed, right? I don't think, I think that's a recipe for incredible violence and riots. How about that? I think that might very well happen. Maybe that was the game plan all along. I don't know. It makes no sense. Why would you tell somebody? It's like telling your kids, hey, what do you think about going to Disneyland? That'll be great. We'll spend, we'll spend, we'll go to Disneyland and California Adventure. We'll spend five days there. We'll be in the best, best hotel possible. And we'll go on boat rides. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do everything. We'll eat candy all day long, all the good stuff. And we'll get the passes so you can be in front of the line. Um, what do you think about that, kids? Yeah, that's great. Well, I don't think we should do it. <laughs> like, what, what do you think that it's going to happen to the kids, right? I mean, the kids won't be able to riot, but they'll, they'll be pretty pissed off, yeah. right? <laughs> but this, this will be being pissed off beyond extreme. I don't know what, what the game plan is. How they couldn't have possibly foreseen that that might piss off people, don't know. And that's the question is like, if one state starts giving reparations to a certain racial group in their state, you've got 49 other states that governors are going to have a big headache. And this, hopefully, I don't think, especially in California, the Republican Party is, I think, almost like like purposefully ineffective and they don't really care. They're more of the Ronna McDonald thing, the head of the RNC type thing. But like this is the time to get all the people disappointed with getting not getting the reparation and saying, well, we've been trying to tell you government isn't a solution. It, the only way out of anything is through your hard work, your faith, your discipline. No one else is going to save you. You're, they're just going to hurt you and use you exactly like Gavin Newsom did and exactly like any other promise of like unearned money coming to you will be. Wow. Well, well said. Well said. No, it's, it's all crazy. I mean, it's too easy to answer this. And they know what they're doing. They, they really do. I mean, they're, they're not stupid. One thing we could rest assured by the Democrat politicians is they're not, they're not stupid. I wish they were just stupid. Yeah. But they're, they're evil. They, they have a dedicated plan. They are unanimous in their goals. And that is to destroy the country. First, destroy the Republican Party because they, they get in the way. Um, and, and then say about them that they, they don't seek truth, that, that we're the power-hungry ones, uh, we're the ones who will fabricate news and so on, uh, when, of course, they're the ones doing all the projection. All right, I need to move on to another uh, very interesting story. This is about uh, Charlize Theron, uh, who is now attacking anyone who disagrees with the transgender movement and uh, willingness to... to uh, transition somebody who wants to be uh, a boy or a girl, right? 
So, so take a listen as to what Charlize Theron says. And this is in front of a bunch of drag queens. So it, it just, it's breathtaking. Here you go. I will f anybody up who's like trying to f with anything with you guys. So she, she's talking about drag queens, right? I mean, she said, I, I'm going to F up anybody who's trying to F, F you with you, I guess. Uh, all right. Um, how are you going to do that? Right. I mean, I'd like to see that. I mean, I, I guess. Uh, and then Megan Kelly in response, uh, she's, she points it out and she goes, I guess she wants to F up with me. Um, and I guess we're going to have a big fight about this. So uh, let's see what happens. Right? I mean, look, obviously Theron is just talking, talking smack, obviously. But the fact that she feels that she can use such vulgar language, first of all, and such violent language, this is not, and she's not the first one. There are many people that are pointing out this, this very violent um, approach to what they call transphobes, but what you and I call people saying, you know, who are realistic people saying, no, a man cannot be a woman and vice versa. And that we are very um, recalcitrant, we're very uh, concerned about anyone who wants to transition, especially the children, right? So, but, but they say that if you have that opinion, that sort of mindset, that, that you deserve to, to die, right? They, they, you deserve, I mean, there's all, I have this in my book coming up, but these people are saying these crazy things on Twitter and otherwise saying, and they, there's one, I remember this old, uh, older woman and she's, and she's go holding an AK-47. Um, this is what we do to transphobes, right? Okay. Well, I, I suppose it means we, this is how we treat transphobes, meaning that we're going to kill you. And, and that's okay somehow. I mean, can you imagine if, if the exact same sort of thing happened? Like, I don't know, this is how, what we do to people who support abortion rights, right? And, and the same old lady, same AK-47, do you think that might be covered on CNN 24-7? Uh, and, and, and a John Durham report would come out about that or something like it. Of course it would. But this acceptance of this sort of violent behavior, this rhetoric is is getting out of hand. And it's really insidious there because the point she is making is that transgender people are under attack. Their very life, their very way of being, it want, they people want to destroy it. When in reality it is... Just stay away from children and everyone's pretty cool. She is inciting people to feel like they're a victim and the only thing they have is to lash out when they have no perspective of how many young children will never make it to 18 because of gun violence in Chicago. There's so many places where there are actual victims of systemic and systematic crime on both the perpetrator and the victim side that really needs to stop. And the violence against transgenders, even the ones who are dancing in front of children or encouraging children to transition themselves, is very, very low. Damn, you're spot on about that. Really, it's, it's an excellent point. Man, I, um, look, there's, there's uh, more, more creative news. Th this falls under the funny and also, like, you didn't think about this already, dude, uh, category. So there was this anti-capitalism cafe. I think it was in Seattle or somewhere. Um, and it didn't last even a year. I'm surprised it even lasted that long. The, the basic concept of it was uh, pay whatever you want. And we're good to go. And we'll, we'll make up for it in more of our specialty drinks so where, where you couldn't necessarily pay what you want. 
Um, but even that failed. So they had to, you know, surprise, surprise, it all fell apart. And the people claiming that they claimed he was a hypocrite, which was correct, because he's trying to make money uh, with coffee, which is capitalism after all. And it doesn't matter what you say, pay what you want. I mean, it's, it doesn't work that way. That's, look, you want to do that? You, you want to make something that you think is valuable and let other people pay only 10 cents for it? Okay, you're stupid, but by all means, go ahead. You, you might just go bankrupt, and that's exactly, exactly what happened. People learning things the hard way, yet again, right? It's, it, but this is similar to, I mean, what makes this any different than uh, the laws that say that you do not arrest anybody for stealing $950 or less from a store, right? But why would you, why, why is that any different? That you, and you, you expect that same result, the result that we, there'll be more crime, more theft in particular, right? Or that if you don't uh, require bail for violent thugs, that you're going to get more violence as a result of that. I mean, you have to figure this out. And then when you encourage people to to take drugs on the street by giving them free syringes, that that you, you expect that somehow there'll be a reduction in drug use, really? I mean, or, or that if you um, change the rules on the border from the stay in Mexico policy to bringing them back across this country. So they come across the, the border and then they're let in and, and then you expect them to come back because you give them a date seven years from now, really? Or even two years, or even two months from now, you, you expect them to come back, really? The, 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 the audacity of all this is that people think that, that good things can result from these very well-intentioned policies, but they're not well-intentioned. But in the, in the case of the schmuck with the anti-capitalism cafe, I think he was well-intentioned. I think he was trying to prove some sort of point. I don't think he ever put pen to paper and did any accounting. I'm sure he didn't take an accounting class ever in his life. Uh, certainly didn't understand economics that, you know, if you're selling something for less than what it costs you to make it, you just might very well fail. Right. So I don't know. I actually, I don't know about particularly the economics class, but I'm sure that man absolutely was college educated. And the person who's like, oh, no, it's just like anybody under this amount of money you can steal. College, edu when does it stop with college where you have professors who've never lived in the real world, never had any consequences, and all they know is from other people? who taught them, who never in the, lived in the real world, never faced consequences. So just the practicality of a 12-year-old by far will just lay them flat if you just explain it. This college scam where they teach people lies that this man, yes, he's an idiot, but he's also a victim. And he also probably could have paid like, what, $100,000, $250,000 to become a victim, to victimize himself with such absolutely obviously silly ideas. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm sorry. I was just setting up this very fascinating YouTube video, which will, is going to be the next uh, topic of, of the moment. It, you've got to hear this because it's so absurd. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. And we are seeing it over... All right. So you get the idea. Like, so let me get this straight. So you can be black and Hispanic or whatever, and you can still be a white supremacist. Okay. Uh, all right. 
that, that's an upside down land, perhaps, but uh, whatever. But they are really reaching. They, they can't square this Proud Boys moment. Uh, that's what they were talking about, a Hispanic guy who was wearing some sort of shirt that they consider to be white supremacist. It wasn't necessarily, but let's say it is. And then they to, to square it, they have to say, well, I guess you can be black and, and uh, Hispanic or otherwise and not white and be still a white supremacist. Um, there's so many things wrong, wrong with that because on the one hand, where is this white supremacy? Where is it happening? I don't know a single white supremacist. I don't. Okay. And I'm a white guy and you might think, okay, well, I'm conservative. I'm a white and I'm, I'm very pro Christian. I'm very pro Jewish. I'm very pro America. Surely I must know the secret, uh, portals of white supremacists somewhere. I must have met one of them. I haven't. All right. I'm not saying they don't exist. I, I think you could probably count them on, on one or two hands in, in all of America. And I certainly don't see them in some sort of parade with white hoods or anything else like that. Exactly. And like you want to do an experiment. This has been done and I have seen this. You have a black person obviously supporting a Democrat go into a Republican organization respectfully and openly. They will be embraced it will be okay that they actually support the Democrat candidate, but like, let's have a conversation. Now, the opposite. No. Oh, no. No. Uh, we, we have uh, at least one member of my immediate family, I should say, that will not talk to my wife and me because we are of the conservative persuasion. Just won't talk. I mean, I, I, I mean, you could be an atheist. You could be a liberal to me. You could be even a communist. And and I'll still talk to you if you're blood. I mean, right? I mean, I may not hang out with you um, and, and want to talk politics, but I won't I won't diss you for my life. And uh, for being conservative, for being pro-American, for being pro pro-Western civilization, that is that, that they've convinced themselves that that is the ultimate in fascism. And and I am supporting. Um, Hitlerian sort of policies, and I, I can't wait to kill all minorities of every kind, including Jews, notwithstanding myself being Jewish. Uh, you know, that, that's, they've convinced themselves. And I think this is what we're seeing with this woman, Anna Navarro, who says exactly this point. Very strange. All right, folks, we live in strange times, and I, I have a feeling we'll be speaking about even more strange things next week. All right, Brock Lurie signing off. Thanks to Devin Goodman to being with uh, with us co-hosting today. Brock Lurie signing off saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.